And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Another post-game episode of Wizards After Dark because we are back to being a post-game show. The name Wizards After Dark finally means something, even if I am recording this thing at 5.15 in the afternoon because the Wizards played a rare 1 p.m. game today. Game one against the 76ers in their first round series starting off in Philadelphia, and they lost 125 to 118. And to talk about everything Wizards Sixers, I have none other than... uh, I mean, I guess you're just my co-host at this point. It's it's Ben Standig on the other end of the Skype line. We we need a uh, we need a third person to be on every episode so we can have like a three center rotation. Also, <laughs> exactly. Well, I've, I, the third the third person who we have on will be like way obviously better than the two of us, but we'll do most of the podcast anyway. Yeah, I like that. I did I did just get a haircut, so I no longer have the Rob and Lopez uh, look going on. So. All right, well, so the Wizards lose 125-118 in game one to Philly. Big line from Bradley Beal, 33-10 boards, six assists. Westbrook had uh, 16-5-14. Did not think Westbrook played a good game. Beal played a good game but really struggled with turnovers. Bertans was hitting his threes. He had four of them and had 14 points off the bench. Gafford played 20 minutes, made all of his shots, but had foul trouble. All the centers had foul trouble. Lopez had four in 12 minutes. Gafford had five in 20 minutes. Len had three in 16 minutes. And Len, Len played pretty okay, actually, in the in the game, I thought. Uh, Tobias Harris just destroyed them. 28 in the first half. He finished with 37. And uh, Embiid fought through foul trouble and still ended up with 30 points on 16 shots because they couldn't stop hacking him. Um, to me, Ben, I thought the story of this thing... Well, there are two stories of this thing, I thought. The first one I thought was, all right, if Tobias Harris is the one going off, that's okay. I'd rather Tobias Harris killing me than Embiid. But I thought the fact that Tobias Harris was going off was indicative of a theme that we talked about, which is just kind of the way the Wizards' lack of size matches up with Harris. And I'm sure we'll get into some some ways they might be able to combat that throughout the series. The other one, I thought, was that the Wizards attempted 23s. And I think they just... When you're an underdog, the way that you can win a game is is with these extra points. You can do it with free throws. You can do it with threes. And if you get really hot from threes, from three, maybe you have more of a chance in a seven-game series. Then whenever you see a 13-seed Cinderella team make the Sweet 16, that it's often because they just got really hot from three. And, and to me, I feel like Bertans is such an X factor. And when he's hitting his threes like he was today – I just don't think you can live with Bertans only taking eight, and I don't think you can live with you as a team only taking 20. I, I don't think you're beating the 76ers with twos if you're putting Joel Embiid on the line a million times. Uh, but I don't know. That's my takeaway. What What was your reaction to the loss? 
so I think on some level the game kind of went as I as I thought. I thought the Wizards like I always like the team in the first game of a series. If there's one team that's been playing more recently than the other one has, obviously Washington was able to stay in some rhythm by playing in two games since the regular season ended, and Philly's been watching since. And 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 so from that end, I like the idea of the the underdog coming in and 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 showing some showing some good fight and keeping it close, which is what the Wizards did. Um, you know, throughout the game, particularly in the first half, um, I thought they, you know, look, I think by and large, they did some pretty good things. And, and you know, you saw a lot of the reasons why they were able to rally uh, late in the year to even be in this position. But Bradley Beal said after the game that, you know, he thinks they can go up another level or two, um, that they didn't play particularly well or him in particular. And this is where maybe I'm going to have to quibble a bit. I mean, obviously, yes, you can point to various things you, that you wish you could do better. You mentioned stopping Tobias Harris. That was a problem. But, I mean, the Wizards shot, like, 56% from the field. The You know, they didn't have an outrageous amount of turnovers. Beal and Westbrook each had too many. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they had the ball so much. I mean, it's sort of going to, you know, you can probably pencil them in for four games. They each had, they each had uh, six. You know, Bertans had, you know, had looked off to, largely in the, in the previous two games. He was making his shots. Today, Washington's bench did some pretty good things in general, and Bede gets in foul trouble. Like, there's a lot of reasons to think like Washington. Things went Washington's way today, and yet, you know, they still came up on on, on the short end. I'm not saying that. Therefore, it means they're 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 going to get swept or anything like that. I just think that this does feel like they're going to have to, you know, whether it's talking about more three pointers like you're talking about or the defensive change. They, they can't just roll out the same group again and expect this to get going because a lot of things did go their way today that I wouldn't count on going forward. And it's going to be, this is where the coaching stuff comes into play. It, you know, this is why a series is so much different than, than a regular season, right? Because in the regular season, you're not massively changing your game plan for the, for that night's opponent. You can't just automatically change up what you do all the time because the opponent switch, but it's different in the series. And this is where the coaches really have to figure out a plan and, you know, like I said, like you said, between the Tobias Harris part as well as the three-point shooting, I think those are good good notes you make. There needs to be a level of adjustment because I'm not counting on Embiid getting into early foul trouble again and the Wizards shooting 56%. So I have a I have a hot take. This is definitely hot, but but I I believe it, and it it it's I'm contradicting myself to a degree because I just talked about them having to take more threes and uh, you know my hot take involves them potentially removing one of their better three-point shooters from the starting lineup this this feels like a game where a matchup where Anthony Gill can help you know as I'm watching Tobias Harris just cook and and one of the things that I wrote about in my preview coming into this series which I think is still relevant you can still read I, I interviewed a Eastern Conference coach kind of having him break down five key matchups in the series. And as my lead-in to the interview, I wrote about the difference in size with the start of the projected starting lineups, which is what they ended up going with. And the Wizards used that three-guard lineup with Neto and with Russ and with Beal. And what happens is it leaves Hachimura as their only guy who could potentially defend a big wing, and it guarantees you are going to have a massive size advantage somewhere on the corner in the court if you're Philadelphia. There were a lot of matchups today, a lot of possessions today where Westbrook is guarding Simmons 
or Beal ends up on Harris or something like that, where there's just a giant size differential. And I think Anthony Gill can defend, probably defend with the way his defensive skill set is. He's very burly. He's pretty physical. I feel like Anthony Gill might be able to do okay against Tobias Harris. And I'm not saying you go with him instead of Rui. But what you could do is you could try it out. I'm not even necessarily saying you got to start him. But I feel like throwing a guy like Gill... And and I would think Gill's defensive skill set works better against a guy like Harris because he's kind of big and burly than someone like Chandler Hutchison or Bonga because Bonga's strength is a is a real problem and I feel like Harris could just 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 use his weight on Bonga and just kind of fling him forward and he wouldn't do much for him and Gill is very stout and very solid you know but if you have Gill out there yeah obviously it's taking away your three point shooting but. Neto doesn't take very many threes anyway. Low-volume three-point shooter. He's an accurate one, but he's low-volume. It's not like Neto has games where he chucks seven of them because he gets left open. And it'll affect your spacing a little bit. But on the other end, you can then shift Hachimura over to Simmons, have him concentrate more on Simmons. You can have Gil concentrate more on Harris. And then you can worry about, like, you can throw Westbrook on Danny Green, basically, in that scenario. You have your center on Embiid, and you could throw Westbrook on Danny Green. And, and and in that scenario, too, like Beal's not as exhausted and and Westbrook's not as exhausted. They can have a little more energy on the other end. And and I just I think it's worth a try. That's all. I'm not saying that's your answer. I'm not saying that's oh that's solving it. Tobias Harris isn't going off. And Harris slowed down the second half anyway. It was whatever it was. It was one of seven in the fourth quarter. So maybe it's not as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be. But but I think throughout the series. One of those big wings is going to go off consistently, and it might shift who that guy is throughout the series, but one of those guys is going to pretty consistently go off, in my opinion, because of a size advantage. And I think they can tweak rotations in order to lessen. You can't eliminate that advantage because Philly's too big and too talented. But maybe you can make some tweaks to at least lessen it. And I don't know, man. You're the underdog. Try something crazy. Just go for it. You're already running a three-center rotation in the playoffs. It's not going to be crazier than that. So try something else. Yeah, I mean, look, it was totally reasonable to, to roll out the same five that had been that that, that they've been using this whole time. They're on a roll. I mean, I, I don't I don't blame for that. But yes, I mean that's what the, that's the thing with the playoff series. Like I just said, it's about making adjustments from game to game. And yeah, I, I think I'm with you. You got to try something else. Um, you know, it's funny. I, it reminds me of a few years ago when um, I used to get super annoyed with Wizards Twitter uh, because it was a point when the Wizards had the team with Nene, Gortat, and John Wall in the starting lineup um, with Beal and, like, maybe it was a Reezer, Otto Porter, I forget who was the three. And and this was right at the point when Golden State started, you know, becoming really um, the team to beat. And everybody was, like, yelling at Randy Whitman for not having this team shoot enough three-pointers. And I'm like... Uh, hello, look at the lineup. What do you want? You, there's three guys in the starting lineup who are non-three-point shooting threats. Why would you want them taking more threes? Um, so, of course, one way to do that is put three-point shooting threats on the court. The difference is back then you wanted the, – the guys I just said were good, Nene Gortat in particular up front with Wall. Here it is like sort of the – like, well, <laughs> you know, like whatever – nobody other than Beal and, 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 and Westbrook and I guess to a certain degree Hachimura just based on what he provides. The, everybody else is – 
fungible. You can move people in and out of the lineup as you see fit. So if, if it's Anthony Gill or, or, you know, I don't know, Garrison Matthews didn't play today, you know, there's obviously going to be some defensive issues there, but if you just want another shooter or, um, you know, I don't know, may, maybe it's even, you know, I, I'm, I mean, if we're going to go really crazy, you know, starting Bertans probably wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you in general, like to, to stay conventional with what's been happening would be, I think the, the wrong takeaway at some, even though this has been the group that's been incredibly hot for the last, you know, 20, 20 games or so, there's too many reasons to see why that's not going to be successful uh, if you're really trying to win the series uh, this time. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. What you, would you think of the the double teams on Embiid? Um, you know, he, eh, I don't know, not, not, not terribly effective. I mean, I guess uh, if you're you know, sending a guard over, I mean, I don't know how much that's really mattering to him too much. But um, you know, he's he's a you know foot taller or seemingly or close to it than than Westbrook or Beal. Um, you know, I, I think they did about as well as could be expected with with him. Um, but by the way, just like one other random thing I was noticing. Obviously, you know, Westbrook he finishes with. Um, 16 points, 14 assists, five rebounds. So no triple-double, but a combined number there of 35. Ben Simmons finished with uh, six points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists for a combined 36. This may be overly simplistic or whatever, but, like, Westbrook can't lose that matchup. He can't lose the triple-double number to Simmons. I mean, I know Simmons does a lot of stuff, but, like, that's – Westbrook has to, you know, I mean, I, I say has to as if Philly is not trying to stop him. <laughs> but, uh, but like, you know, they, they've got to, you know, he if, if, if they're not winning that, then it's going to be tough because you're already going to concede that, Sim- that Embiid's going to, you know, murder you. Uh, you're going to lose that one. And, um, you know, as we've discussed, it's, they don't really have, an, uh, you know, unless Hachimura really D's up on, on Harris, they don't have great options there. Simmons, they they, they gotta you know they gotta figure out how Westbrook and, and you know gets more production than, than than Simmons. I would just say that. Yeah, Westbrook. I didn't think he attacked very much in the second half. As for the doubles, I don't know. I I didn't think Russ did a great job on them. To be honest, I if he's gonna double, 
he has to make his presence sounds overly simplistic, but if he's going to double, he has to make his presence be felt on the double. And what I thought he was doing is that he was physically there, but the hands weren't in Embiid's face. And all it basically did was just put the defense into rotation. Embiid did a great job dealing with it because he's Embiid. And it's amazing. You go back, you watch Embiid like three years ago, and he handled double teams so differently. He was so much worse against double teams than he is now. He's just become he was always a great player but he's just become you know a whole you know mvp caliber player and i you're not going to disrupt an mvp caliber big man by doubling him in inconsequential ways the hands have to be up the defense has to be aggressive otherwise you are just allowing him to pass into these either mismatches or open guys because the defense didn't rotate in time or, you know, get hockey assists because the defense isn't rotating quickly enough, or maybe it is rotating quickly enough, but it's just better offense. Uh, you need to disrupt somehow. You need to sneak up on him. They, they like doubling him from the baseline. You know, historically I've always thought Beal has been pretty good at, at timing those doubles when he's going to come over from the baseline. So, if they're going to double, they were they were using Westbrook to double. I think you could you you could change things up if you want to double. You could just double with the closest guy just just to try to get the ball out of his hands. Um, you know there are other options in which you can double in a in a different way than they did. They were doing softer doubles at one point with Hachimura. Uh, you know there there are other ways to go about doubling Embiid than just Westbrook's going to come over. Or Westbrook's going to double, uh, but. But it's tough. I, I don't have a problem with double teaming Embiid. If 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 you lose because Tobias Harris kills you, you lost. If you lose because Embiid kills you and you just let him kill you one-on-one the whole time when you have a bunch of guys who got into foul trouble off the bat for a reason because he's Joel Embiid and he's better at drawing fouls than any other player in the league probably, then, uh, then you know, then... Then you're doing it to yourself. You got to do something to stop them. I just think they could execute those double teams differently. I wouldn't be surprised if come game two they they made some subtle changes there. But I, I think they're still going to double because you just you have to you, you have to. Embiid played extremely well in this game, but it's not like his sole presence won them the game and that was it. And if, if you walk away and Embiid's just you know dropping forty five and sixteen on you every game, then you got to do something to prevent that from happening, you know? Yeah. Um, l- let me ask you this now that I was thinking about it some more uh, with regards to the lineup stuff. Like, uh, you know, you, you got to have a bench. You can't just completely weaken your bench. But, you know, the one thing about the series is, right, there, there, there's some decent time off between the games. We saw both Beal and Westbrook played over 40 minutes. So there's opportunity to use your horses more in this game. What do we think about just starting Bertans? It's not going to help with the defense. I, I think Philly sure, but I think Philly would probably target him, put him in pick and rolls all the time. So I mean if you start starting Bertans instead of who? Neto? Ne- yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not crazy. I mean, it's just Philly's gonna put him in pick and roll all the time. So you you end up having like uh who is Bertans guarding in that scenario? He's he's probably guarding Danny Green. Um right. and so yeah, I mean you might you might end up trying to get Berton switched 
onto somebody off the ball in that scenario. So, like, if you have Rui guarding Tobias Harris, if I'm Philly and Bertans is on the floor, I'm going to be running Danny Green around Tobias Harris off ball screens and trying to get some kind of switch and then getting Harris uh, or, who you know, whoever Bertans has switched onto into pick and rolls, and then I'm running pick and rolls against Bertans the whole time. So that's, that's what you're going to risk. Um, but, you know, also you bring up, you know, we talk about the threes. Bertans played well in this game. He actually made a couple of good defensive plays, too. Uh, just kind of moving his feet well, I thought, subtly on the ball. Uh, he was he was good in this game. Made his shots. Did a did a did a good job. I, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm open to anything. Philly's more talented. So do something go for something crazy, you know? Go over something crazy and then hope that Beal yeah. plays great and Russ plays great. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying at the end of the day, Len played 16 minutes, Neto played 21 minutes, Bertans played 27. Regardless of what Philly does defensively, and maybe I'm just wrong, but like, you know, in, if we if we tack on five minutes to Bertans' numbers, you know, you know, does the potential for the threes outweigh the, uh, the, the, the counter? Um, you know, and obviously it's, uh, you know, Hard to say, and and there's something to be said for when you're coming in off the second unit, you're, then you're going up against the other team's reserves as well, um, you know, so, uh, and, and so on. But um, I don't know. I mean, just just food for thought, because um, obviously this is part of the issue with, as we discussed with the Wizards, it's just that one spot they just don't have a great option at that other at that other forward. So if, you know, if we're going to even debate giving uh, Anthony uh, giving Gill some minutes, you know, maybe just give it the Bertons instead. Yeah, you're right. Put your best players out there. Bertans is, they paid him for a reason. You're right. I mean, that's totally fair. He's, um, he, he, I, I wonder, I don't know, I, is, is there a way, there's got to be some way to get him 10 or 11 threes a game. Because that's another way where it's like you want to stand a chance, get Bertans really hot. Like get, get Bertans really going and he was working hard to get open off the ball I, I asked him after the game about just kind of the challenge of getting open against the defense with all that length and he talked about just having to be more patient off the ball I don't know if what he totally meant by that if he meant like having to wait for the screen to actually come and 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 that uh but his battles off the ball just getting open is going to be really interesting really important for the Wizards because, you know, he, he did a pretty good job doing it, uh, but there were a lot of times where he would just come around a screen and you're filling the blank, great Philadelphia defender. I mean, that's the best defense in the East, in my opinion. You know, they fill in the blank, great Philly defender is just right in his face and he can't get a shot up. And I think there were probably three or four scenarios in which he thought as he was coming around a screen, all right, you can tell. He, he was ready to receive the ball and shoot. And I think there were probably three or four plays in that game where he's like this. You can tell he's thinking, I got it. Here's a three. And and then by the time he receives the ball, it's like, oh, no, shot can't go up. Defender is right in his face. Uh, they just do such a great job, like such great job defensively. And they didn't even play a perfect defensive game. Uh, you know, you talked about the Wizards shooting 56%, but limiting the threes is just... It's hard for the Wizards to make threes if if Bertans is not getting the crap done of them. Yeah, um, for 
for for for sure. I, I guess the one thing I would say for the Wizards is in terms of like reasons for optimism is you mentioned Westbrook. Like maybe I'm wrong. I was slightly distracted over the course of the game while doing some other things, but I didn't get like I'm not saying Westbrook was sort of as uh, low energy as he was in the um, uh, Boston game, but it didn't feel that he was at his sort of full throated. Uh, ways and you know maybe if if I'm sort of right on that then maybe you know because that's that's the way it's been right when he's playing high and high high energy so do they and that's another way to uh, you know for, for everybody to sort of raise their game um, but look at the end of the day you know we, as we discussed last week and it's obviously logical eights rarely beat one it's an incredibly tough challenge uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons that this matchup just isn't fantastic for the Wizards between the center, the the length on the perimeter that uh, Philly has. I mean, I thought Bradley Beal was pretty efficient, what, 13 for 23 from the field, just considering all the length that's out there on the court, uh, you know, uh, eyeing him. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they showed enough today to make me think that they can hang with Philly. But yeah, I mean, now I think it's going to come down to what you know. There's always adjustments and what comes next, and uh, and that's going to be key for the coaches, for the players, and uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, one one of the things I liked from Bill today was he was just attacking. He just went full attack mode, and I thought he moved really well. And he said that it was the hamstring was trending in the right direction. He just he just went full attack mode. He was going at the rim and he had a his layup package today was was on it he was killer around the rim I mean he was he clearly played like the best player on the Wizards today no question uh he he was the fourth quarter turnovers were bad uh from him and from Russ they had that stretch of four straight turnovers which was terrible but I thought overall I thought Beal played uh, a, a really solid game they 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 went into too much isolation I guess if if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna be a perfectionist, they went into too much isolation. But also, like, Philly's defense is really good. They take away passing lanes. You watch teams play against the Sixers all year, and there's a you see the theme of oh no, team X that they're playing goes into is going into too much isolation. They're messing up. It's like well, when every team is relying on isolation too much against you, it's like well. There's a common denominator there, and it's the 76ers' defense, and it's that they just swallow up passing lanes. They just take them away. And good players, when the passing lanes aren't there, end up reverting to one-on-one play. And So I don't have a huge problem with that. I mean, Beal was, uh, I thought, pretty effective in his one-on-one play today, and I thought his shot selection was excellent. Uh, He just was continually attacking the rim um but you know it's tough it's tough the sixers are sixers are really good they're really good this is not an easy matchup uh absolutely absolutely um yeah man i um you know i i I feel like i you know i feel like we've had for some of these regular season games i feel like i have a lot more to say or talk about but look you know so much of the things to talk about the bigger picture stuff is not relevant right now we're focusing on this series and you know it is you know oh my god I, i'm literally about to use use the quote that westbrook used with regards to that play on the <laughs> sidelines 
to describe where we're at. You know, it kind of it, it is what it is. Like I, it, I mean, you know, <laughs> we, we understood the challenges. They are that they were presented today, and we'll see how the Wizards adjust. Did you think they played well? Um, you know, I mean, I think they were fine. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it was. You know, you can always like, like I said, maybe from the from the the Westbrook energy, I maybe could have done a little bit more. And and uh, but you know, by and large, I mean, like I said, they, they shot well from the field. Beal was efficient. Uh, you know, Embiid got in foul trouble. I, I, Bertans got going. Ishmith played well. You know, I mean, Hachimura had no answer for Tobias Harris, but beyond that, like I, you know, a lot of things kind of went their way. So. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would say they played wow, they played great, but you know, I, I thought they did fine. They showed up. They showed up. I thought. You know, West Westbrook was had another weird performance. You're right; it wasn't like the same vibes as the Boston game, but he just didn't have a good game. Um, but they showed up as a team. The role players played pretty well. It's just a tough matchup for them. It's just tough. You got anything else before we wrap? Yeah. Well, I will just say this, not to end this thing on sort of a downer, but without knowing what adjustments will be made, if you said to me, what's more likely to happen next game, a buzzer beater or a 20-point Philly win, just simply based on how these things go, that now Philly sort of is back in the, you know, back in the, the flow with playing, I'd probably go with a 20-point loss. Oh, Benjamin. You're, is that bad? You're just going to, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but you're you're going to drive away the listeners, Ben. No, I did the series. What what do they say about a four game series, a seven game series, Fred? Doesn't series doesn't start until you play until somebody loses a home game. Well, there are, there are a lot go. of one versus eight matchups then that never started. Or actually, you know <laughs> what? I take that back. That joke doesn't make sense because I guess Philly would win game three in my I mean, like scenario. If Westbrook comes out and plays a better game, then what I just said is not not as relevant because that is a, a you know he is a humongous variable on every level. And uh, that's a variable that doesn't conventional, you know, if we know anything about Russell Westbrook, conventional thinking does not apply to him. And that's where, you know, I think the wizards can get something that would, you know, I'm talking about conventional thinking of how the series go. Westbrook is a different, uh, a different element. And uh, we'll see how he goes, not to mention whatever adjustments the the coaches make. Yeah. And Philly, Philly takes away his post-ups too, because they just have all that size. And, uh, you know, that's that's been a big thing for him this year in terms of drawing fouls. He's been he's been good at getting into the paint and drawing fouls, fouls out of the post. It's he's actually been pretty efficient in the post this year. He's he's refined his game there a lot. And it's not really a thing he can do against the Sixers. Anyway, before we go, I will remind you all of something that I said last week, which is we are still doing as of the time of recording this, we are still doing a $1 a month offer over at The Athletic, which you can go capitalize on right now. I am pretty sure that the offer is running out around Tuesday, give or, give or take. So if you're listening to this on Monday or something and you are on the fence about subscribing to The Athletic or you've been on the fence and you decided, screw it, it's $1 a month right now, I'm going to do it. All you got to do to get the offer is you can go to any of my stories, click on the link, and you can subscribe for $1 a month from there. If you want to find my story, the easiest way to do it is just go to my Twitter page 
And my first tweet, it's my pinned tweet. You don't need to be on, you don't need to have a Twitter account in order to do this. You can just Google search my Twitter page. You go right there. My pinned tweet is a, is a tweet about a story that I wrote about Russell Westbrook, that Westbrook feature I've mentioned on the podcast a few times. Just check that out. Click on that link and it will lead you right to subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month. Again, it's $1 a month and that is everything. It's not just my coverage or just Wizards coverage. It is also Ben's coverage of the football team and all the NFL coverage and all the NBA coverage. And you get every other sport that we cover, every other writer that we have. You get all of that just for $1 a month if you sign up like I told you. And if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you get this podcast ad-free over on the Athletic app, too, and all that for just $1 a month. So you can go, you can sign up for that, you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark, you can tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. If you're a regular listener and you love the show, you can go onto iTunes, you can give us five stars because you love the show so much, you can leave a written review, those always help a ton. Uh, still doing the post-game show thing. They play next, game two. Wednesday night. I'm going to be podcasting after that. Ben, I assume you're joining me. We can just lock you in right now. Uh, yes, and I promise I will bring that Russell Westbrook energy uh, <laughs> as opposed to uh, you know feeling a little tired on a Sunday. But yes, I'm in. Uh, uh, let's do this. Lots to discuss, and uh, hopefully I'm, uh, I'm I'm wrong, and we're looking at a, a, a tight one. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm changing my tune in the last five minutes. There you go. That's that's the spirit. Bring the listeners in. Bring the listeners in. We'll be back with a new episode on Wednesday after game two. Talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.